Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Well, 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 I have quite a treat for you today. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I sound like Santa Claus. Anyways, um, today I'm talking with Ken Coleman, and this episode is a little bit different than your normal she episode because it's the first episode uh, that I'm interviewing a man other than Matt. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to uh, just dive into everything we're going to talk about today. It is such a good one. It's a different one, but it's such a good one and one that you are going to want to listen all the way through to. Ken really focuses on helping people discover what they were born to do and provides practical steps to make their dream job a reality. And what an encouragement in this time that we're all living in when jobs and work and everything just seems so crazy. It's like the perfect topic because I think even though we're living through a lot of uncertainty and difficulty, I think a lot of people are also beginning to think about like, what is it, what is it that I really want to do? Like maybe stability has been shaken a little bit or, um, you know, what I thought was secure is kind of up, up for question here. And so we're really being, I think, dared to look deeper. And I just so align with Ken's mission and what he does to help people. This is so, uh, in so many ways aligned with what I love to help women with. And so we, I just feel like we're kindred spirits in so many ways. So anyways, I met Ken a couple months ago, loved chatting with him. We just synced up on so many topics and and just went back and forth for a while at an event. And so I was like, you know what? We got to get him on the show. So Ken is with us today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him just to give a little more context and then we'll dive right in. So for context, Ken is a number one national bestselling author and a nationally syndicated radio host of The Ken Coleman Show. Pulling from his own personal struggles, missed opportunities, and career successes, he now helps people discover what they were born to do and provides practical steps to make their dream job a reality. The Ken Coleman Show is a caller-driven career show that helps listeners who are stuck in a job they hate or searching for something more out of their career, which... Amen, right? We need that. <laughs> His second book, The Proximity Principle, The Proven Strategy That Will Lead You to the Career You Love, released last spring. And it's a good one. I highly recommend checking it out. But for now, let me just introduce you to Ken. Pull up a seat, pour a beverage. You're going to love this episode. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Ken, welcome to the She Podcast. I told you this off air, but for our listeners to know, you are, I believe, the first official male guest besides my husband. So welcome to the show for women. We are so thrilled to have you. Yes, I'm so excited. This is such an honor. But the good news is, is that the audience demographic of the Ken Coleman show is almost 60% women. So it's not a completely foreign conversation. So I'm really honored to be a part of this. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we are honored to have you. And I would love if you can share with our listeners, maybe to get started, um, what your story is and how you got started with everything that you're doing now. Well, I'll give you the real short version because it's a really long story, as is the case with most people. Um, You know, I started out, Jordan, on a path towards political service. I thought very clearly that God was leading me in a uh, path uh, towards public service in politics. I went to college for that and uh, worked in campaigns right out of college and actually took some time off of college and, and actually left college early to take a great opportunity. And by the age of 22, I was working for the governor of Virginia. Mm. And uh, it was really a fun ride. I enjoyed the campaign side of things, not the governing side of things. It's a different pace, as you might imagine. And mm-hmm. so uh, feeling that the the ultimate goal was to eventually run for office one day, I decided 
after about a year and a half with the governor to move into the private sector and to begin to build a business resume, a leadership resume within the business sector. And that led me to work for the leadership guru, John Maxwell, and and then through you know him selling the company, I was kind of kicked out of the nest in a good way. And I was wrestling with, is it political office? And I didn't feel that it was and, and came to a moment almost of crisis of faith to say, wait a second, I felt led here and doors were opened. Hmm. And now the passion level, the heart, what I want to do is no longer super clear. And so I went through a process of working through it with a wonderful mentor who is an experienced, you know, executive coach and life coach and went through a clarifying process and realized that it was a shift from political service mm-hmm. to broadcasting. And yet I had not gone to school for broadcasting. I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. in broadcasting. And I'm 31 with two babies and another one on the way. And mm-hmm. that got really scary. And so began the process of starting from scratch um, and, you know, starting my own company. So mm-hmm. that would kind of take care of the day job and the, and the stability and the providing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then slowly worked my way up the broadcasting ladder. Now I get to be a part of Dave Ramsey's, uh, empire. Uh, I host the Ken Coleman show, which is a, you know, nationally syndicated radio show on Sirius XM and then around the country and on YouTube. And we're just talking to men and women on the phone, caller driven show, helping them discover what I got to discover that there is a, there's a method for true self discovery and, and seeing what it is that you were created to do. And then, uh, and then there's a path forward. And so that's what I get to do all day, every day. And that's how I got to meet you mm-hmm. at a, at an event we both spoke at uh, last year. Uh, wow. I love that. You know, there's so many things that I relate with, with your story, obviously very different specifics, but it sounds like you had a little bit of a nonlinear path getting to where you are yeah. now. And I always love when people have a story like that, because I think so often many, many who are looking at someone who is doing what they're created to do and in a place of confidence in that, it can be so easy to look at someone in that position and think, oh, it was just a straight shot from A to B. They just woke up one day and knew. And for most of us, it's been a a series of trial and error and a process of discovery. And after going through that, being able to turn around and help the person behind us and say, hey, here's a couple steps that might be a little bit more helpful or things to think through so that you maybe have a little bit more of a straight straight journey. But I think the, the experience of life is... A, that it's a series of taking risks, and B, it's not usually all that linear. It's a, a, a learn by doing, if you will. So I think that's so encouraging to hear, uh, especially now that you are in a place where you're helping other people get that clarity. I really, uh, like we talked about when we met in person several months ago, just how aligned I think our thinking is and our work that we do to help people who are feeling like, what am I made to do? What am I put on this earth to do? What is my purpose? And how do I even clarify that and get to do that? And I think um, if we can speak from a place of honesty and openness saying, hey, it's been a kind of a messy journey, but here's some roadblocks to avoid. It's it's rewarding. And I think it's a, a real look at what this can really look like from time to time. That's right. You know, it's funny. If I were to draw up my career path, it would look like uh, a sideways eight with a circle <laughs> over top of it and then asking a four-year-old to color those shapes in yep. with a crayon. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 you make a very good point. And, and yet, you know, we, you and I both, you know, take great pride and passion in helping others save some time mm-hmm. where we may not have. And so, but you know, it, what's fun about it all is, is that the longer that the journey takes and the more indirect it is, I will tell you, it's way more enjoyable when you get there. Hmm. There's a certain appreciation for getting it uh, when you've had to struggle with it and when you've had to really stay the course. You know, uh, the, the actual root word from passion uh, in the Greek, if you dive into it, and even in, in the German language, it's fascinating that, that there's a lot of connection to the actual word struggle. And so the idea is, is if you're willing to struggle and take pain as a part of the process, that's how you know you're passionate about it. So it's really kind of fun to see all men and women from all different walks of life, those that have had to really, really struggle to get where they are, you know that they had a high, high, high percentage of passion for the work itself. And so when they get there, the appreciation level 
and the dedication to the mission is so much greater. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't even think about it, but the way you said that. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Chapter one, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation. Is so true. And I love what you what you said about how if you're willing to kind of endure these things, that's how you really know you're passionate, because I think our world says the word passion a lot. And I think there can be some confusion around what it actually means. And I've talked to my community a little bit about this, but I think there's a difference between being passionately interested in something versus passionately connected to something. Um, When I, you know, you might be passionate about gardening because you just enjoy gardening, but you probably wouldn't, you know, risk a whole lot for gardening if it's simply just a hobby versus this is something deeply connected to my soul. And I care about this because of my experiences and because of, you know, deeply rooted things in my life that gives me a sense of mission and fulfillment. I think that's where a passion that endures through trial is versus, wow, like I, you know, really like gardening. I'm passionate about it in the sense that it's a hobby versus I'm really passionate about, you know, helping people with their health or whatever it is. And so I think drawing the line between those things is so key. And the way you, the way you describe that 
I think is very clarifying and helpful because so many, I know at least I've found this with women. And like you said, many of your listeners are women are so multi-passionate and so multi-interested that it can be difficult to find the focus of, but what's, what should I actually focus on and why? Um, I don't know mm. if you've found that a whole lot with, with the work you've done, but I've just, at least in my own life and also in my community, I've just found there's that tension or that pull because there's so many different interests and things they want to try. And it's like, there's only so much time in a day. And so how do you begin to hone in and narrow down your passions? And so I'm curious kind of what you would say about that, or if you have anything to add to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd add something really quickly on what I'm hearing from women that call into the radio show, and then and then I'll answer the question on how do you really figure out what what your role is? Mm-hmm. And there's a really simple three-part process. But just say very quickly about one of the things I hear from women, and I think you're spot on. There are seasons of life, and this is true of men too, but because women are mothers, and the world I think is really built on mothers. I mean, mothers are you know they they are so intrinsically valuable. And so you've got a woman who okay, I want to be a mom, but I also have some professional passions mm-hmm. that I want to pursue. And and then you got societal pressures and all kinds of things that we're very aware of. And what happens is is it puts a lot of expectations on a woman. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they're trying to juggle their expectations, other people's expectations. And, and they're also trying to juggle multiple roles, and and I think that there are seasons for it. And I think and one of the things that I learned early on, Jordan, was I had to, in my own world, realize there were seasons for things. There were seasons where I needed to be in the learning. There were seasons where I needed to be in the practicing. And the practicing, there were seasons where I was going to have to step up and perform. And 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 sometimes those seasons overlap, and sometimes they don't. And that's really difficult for not just women but for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a three-part process, Jordan, that I teach on the radio because I have to help people with clarity about six minutes. <laughs> and so you have to develop quick, clarifying uh, questions. I call them the indicators. Mm-hmm. And so the first one is what you do best. This is what I call talent. Everybody's born with talent. And so you break those down into two, break talent into two things, hard skills and soft skills, right? So mm-hmm. technical skills and people skills, abilities, quality. So uh, so you look at what you do best, and it's a combination, again, of a skill that you can apply in the workplace, also a personality quality. So I'm very patient. Uh, I'm empathetic. That's a character trait. So you look at what you do best. So if you think of all the things I do well, that's what I'm focusing on. These things come natural to me. Um, people compliment me on these hard skills and soft skills. Mm-hmm. The second indicator is what you love to do most. And this is measured by a task or a function that creates high emotion and devotion. All right. So high emotion means I look forward to the task, the function, or the role in the workplace. And and then not only do I look forward to it when I'm in the middle of it, I really have the juice, as I say on the show. And then and then I tend to find myself spending a lot of time in it. I don't have to it's not something it's a grind. It's I I don't even want to stop sometimes, but I gotta look up, I gotta go home. Mm-hmm. Gotta I gotta I got to eat, you know, I got to be with the family. Mm-hmm. And so that's high emotion to ocean. The final indicator is, is mission. This mm-hmm. is results that matter most. So you got talent, what I do best, passion, what I love to do most. And then mission is the results that matter most. So when all of us work, our work produces a result. And so to get clear on my mission, I have to look at who are the people I most want to help. You begin to allow yourself to picture that person. Mm-hmm. Is it a woman who's a single mom who's dealing with them? Is it a person who's overcoming abuse? Uh, is it just a customer who, who wants a good product? What are it? Think of the people you most want to help. Now think of the challenge or the need, the problem they have. Mm-hmm. And then finally think of the solution that solves that challenge, mm-hmm. that problem. Those three questions, Jordan, create tremendous clarity for people when they start thinking about my mission in life. Mm-hmm. And so you use what you do best as a tool to perform the work that you love. You really enjoy the work itself. And then the last piece, the cherry on top of the Sunday, is it creates a result that at the end of the day, you look back and you say, that matters deeply to me. Hmm. And that's where you get that why. So the combination of talent plus passion plus mission, that gets you in your sweet spot and you are operating in a state of flow. Yep. The uh, Hungarian psychologist, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, spent 30 years studying this and did a TED Talk on this. It is He literally says it's a feeling of ecstasy. Hmm. And, and it's because you're in this heightened state. Hmm. And so that that becomes 
your sweet spot and you go, okay, now where can I take that into the marketplace? Yeah. So it's not one job. It's not one career. There's yeah. no silver bullet answer. Yep. So good. This reminds me of, I teach a program called the Clarity Kickstart. I did this last fall and we, um, we basically in a very similar way, put together kind of similar pieces, three key pieces to helping. And what I called it was finding your genius zone or your zone of genius, right? Obviously I didn't make up that term, but I think a lot of people want to run solely in their passion and that's where we burn out, right? It's, I'm so interested in this. I'm so passionate about this. I'm so excited about this. And they find that they're almost, I mean, because I've struggled with this in the past and I'm sure you have in some ways too. Um, it almost becomes like shiny object syndrome. It's like I get excited about something and then I burn out on it and then I get excited about something else and then I stop and and it's this endless cycle. And so it's like, how do we nip that cycle in the butt? It's like, well, I think the the first thing we need to do is go through a process. And I love that you laid that out so simply. So I'm going to actually share that again. It just just because I think it's so simple, but so key talent or think about your skills plus your passion plus your mission. And finding the intersection point of those. And I am so thankful that you highlighted that it's not just one job because it's not, you know, it's more of a type of work. It's a type of environment. It's a type of impact to where if you can find work or create work, whether you create a business or you, you start a career, if you can do that in such a way that in, that it, that operates in that sweet spot, that allows you to, um, integrate these components, right? I did this exercise with a gal um, a couple years ago and she basically was sharing with me that she had lost uh, two jobs in the last year. And I asked her, I said, well, what have you been working in? And she said, insurance. And I said, well, have you liked insurance? And she said, no, I've been miserable. That's why I've lost the job both times. (laughs) And I said, well, okay, let's think through this. You know, what we went through a very similar process basically. And what we ended up finding is that she really loves to learn from and help and and serve older people. She has a passion for that because she was really close to her grandparents. She understands loss because she had just gone through a hard loss. She loves to nurture and to caretake and to listen. And I was like, you shouldn't be in insurance. You should be working in a nursing home or something. And she's like, oh my gosh, I want to move to Florida. Like it just, it all clicked for her to where it wasn't like, hey, you should go be a nurse specifically. But the idea was you need to find a job that allows you to serve this demographic, to speak into these type of problems and use these types of skills. And there's plenty out there. You don't have just one option. It's just understanding and narrowing it down. So I love that you shared that. Well, you said two things that are really key that come out of the exercise that we were just talking through. You said caretaker as you were listening to her and you began to give her ideas. You you pulled out two words from her past Mm -hmm. and you used the word caretaker and nurture. So one of the things I like to walk the audience through or the audience on the Ken Coleman Show, and and once you get clarity on those three questions that we walk through, what I do best, what I love to do most, what results matter most, here's what happens. You really can identify uh, one word to describe your perfect role the role that you play. And you nailed it. A one word descriptor of that young lady could be caretaker or nurture. Either one works. It doesn't matter. It's a wrong answer. But when you begin to see that's my primary role in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so that's what allows you the freedom to continue to grow and move. And so your sweet spot goes with you because you are filling that role. Mm-hmm. And that's the breakthrough. The other thing that you, you, had, you really adeptly figured out with her is the past. You looked into her story and we know that when we can look into our past and see what moved our heart, it could have been something that exhilarated us um, or it could have been something that broke our heart. And and you look to what broke your heart and what lifted your heart and you're going to find the clues to the work that matters most, excuse me, to the work you love to do and to the results that matter most. That's where you get those clues. And you pull that out of her really quickly Mm -hmm. and see, that's how it all comes together. Because now she goes, hey, I know my why. Mm -hmm. And it's to nurture, it's to caretake Mm -hmm. a certain vulnerable group of people. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. So good. So, so true. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Because I think, again, like I said, it's so easy to just look ahead or look side to side even. This is what so-and-so is doing. This is what so-and-so is doing. Or that looks interesting. Or, oh, I have this goal. Why do I have this goal? I don't know. It just sounds awesome. When so often I think before we can really look forward, we need to look back and it's often yes. neglected. And so I'm glad that you highlighted that because that's very, very true. Uh, well, okay. you know, when you compare yourself to somebody else, so what happens is is you're trying to compare your status and your progress to them, and yet you don't have the same story. Hmm. So it's a complete false comparison. Hmm. Hmm. So good. So true. It's um, I, I don't know if you've ever thought of it like this, but I tend to think 
there's a few different ways we compare, like you said, a false comparison. And I think whether it's to someone else or even to our expected version of what our lives would be, our lives would be, I think that's another kind of false comparison that can happen in that we thought, oh, by 27 or by 32, I'd have a dog and a kid and, you know, the dream job. But here I am actually pretty miserable with what I thought was going to be the dream job. Um, and therefore, you know, it can kind of create this downward spiral, which makes it really hard to get clarity and move forward. So um, that actually, I wanted to ask you what you would say to someone who asks, I feel stuck in a job, but I don't really know what I want to do because I get this question yeah. all the time and I have my own answers, but I want to hear like, what would you say to someone who says, I feel stuck in a job, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't necessarily have a dream job. I just know it's not this <laughs> and I know I need a job. So should I just stay in one that I hate until I know what I want to do? How do I figure that out? What would you say? Right. Well, we always dive into what's the mountaintop. What's the Mount Everest for you? What's the dream? If you just allow your head and heart to actually connect on something mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't require limiting beliefs, you just say no more limiting beliefs. And basically I say something like, listen, if I could give you a job tomorrow, mm-hmm. I mean, something you have wondered about, maybe even allowed yourself to dream about. And I guarantee you that you could not fail. Mm. Failure is not an option. You'll make the money you want to make, and you're going to be very successful. You cannot fail. I've taken all risk away. And I'm going to add one more caveat. You don't have to commit to it the rest of your life. You just get to try this fun adventure at work. Mm. What would you do? And it's such an age-old question. It's not new to me. Mm. But when I walk a person to that point, they always have something. Mm-hmm. And in the few cases where I've had a few callers not be able to give me something, I can tell you what I do. And I don't want to go down this rabbit trail per se unless you want to, but I always dive into, are you dealing with some depression and pain and some things? Because when a person cannot answer that core dream question, mm-hmm. it's because their entire outlook is so clouded by pain mm-hmm. uh, and the fear and the doubt associated with the pain. Mm. And so a healthy person or even a semi-healthy person can at least dream. Mm. And so that question always gets people to that point because here's what they do. They take away all the risk and they go, and I had people struggle for the first two minutes of the call. And then I'll say that and they go, well, I would do this. Mm. And I'd say, why? And then I, and when I ask them why, they tell me the why. And it always goes back to their past. Mm. I want to do this because I grew up in a family like this, and I can't tell you how many callers will break into tears as they begin to talk about, well, I struggled with this, and I have overcome this. And as my wife has said before, out of tremendous pain comes tremendous passion, mm-hmm. because you have felt it, and you have overcome it, mm-hmm. or you're in the process of overcoming it, and you want to do two things because of that pain. You want to help others avoid it and help others overcome it. Yeah. And so it doesn't always have to be some tremendously traumatic thing either. Right. You know, right. it could it could also be on the positive side. I had a gal call the other day, a young gal, 25 years of age, and she got a degree, I think, for something basic like communications or business or whatever. And she realized, can I have no idea what I want to do with that? And she's like, but I don't know what I want to do. And what she was really saying is I went and got a degree and I feel pressure to go get a job in that mm-hmm. area. And I can't find one that I think I'd like. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized what she was saying. Mm-hmm. She felt like. She couldn't figure out a career that would match up with the four years of school and the degree she got, and she was worried about what others would say if she went a completely different direction. So I said, well, and I put her to that question, and she said, I want to teach others how to be artistic. I said, what does that mean? She Mm -hmm. said, I want to teach others how to sculpt and paint and create products with their hands. I said, tell me more. Why is that? Well, I grew up in a family where my dad was an inventor, my mom's an inventor, Mm -hmm. and then my dad also sculptor and an artist and a painter. And so her entire environment growing up was watching the two people that have influenced her the most, the two people she loves the most, create things with her hands. And I went to immediately, do you have the talent? Do you have the chops to pull this off? You got the core skills? She goes, absolutely. I'm very good. I've always loved doing it. And I said, mm-hmm. set yourself free. Yep. And you've got the, the business degree now, so you can start a business degree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like who cares what yeah. anybody thinks yeah. about what you're doing with yeah. your degree? Hmm. Who cares? Yep. Life is way yep. too short yep. to it's live, so to please other people. And, you know, I, I'm teaching people live the life that you were created to live because if you do, you'll get to the end of your road and you'll look back and reminisce. Hmm. 
mm. as opposed to look back and regret. And so, so I'm asking people that clarifying question. And when you do that, here's what happens. We turn off our brain. Mm. Our brain, the, the machine that comes up with all of the questions like, will this harm me? Well, people make fun of me. Our brain's designed to do that. It's the fight or flight. It's the lizard brain, right? Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. And and yet we've got to turn it off so that our heart can inform our brain. And that's what has to happen. So true. Well, I think it's interesting because I, I love that example about something positive too, or something that may not be tragic, but you don't necessarily yes. think that it has a whole lot of influence on what your calling might be or what you might be born to do. And I think it's interesting too, because even if you think about, like I just mentioned with her in this business degree, if you're teaching people how to do something and you're creating a craft and you're, they're paying you to teach you and all of those things, I'm like, you're still going to end up in business. It just is totally different than the path you thought. It's not getting thrown away. And I think we think, oh, this was this past thing I did and all that time I invested in X, Y, or Z, that was a waste. When in reality, it's no, it just might be used in a different way than we anticipated it being used. And um, I, I love that example and I can relate to it in many ways. So I am very thankful that you shared both a challenging example or a, a hard example as well as a more positive yeah. one because it can work both ways. Um, what are some practical steps that you speak about to help others who might be feeling a little bit stuck in their job and not really, you know, we talked a little bit about, hey, I'm in this job. I'm not necessarily sure if it's my dream job or not. I just don't know what I want to do. But what about someone who's in a job and it knows this is definitely not what they want to do? They see what they want to do, but they feel stuck for either practical purposes or oblig- you know, re- responsibilities and taking care of a family. What are some practical first oh. steps that you would that you would give? Yeah, yeah. So we've already talked about clarity. So once we're clear on what we want to get. Uh, then a lot of people are going, well, Ken, I'm stuck because I've got a wife and three kids and I still got student loans from the past degree that I'm not going to use, all these limitations. And so what happens is is they begin to doubt that they can get there or they begin to fear that um, I, I might fail financially in this process. And so what I tell people is, okay, we've got to have a short-term and a long-term strategy. Both feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. So in the short term, we, we look at, okay, I know what I want to do, so that's get clear. Mm-hmm. St- stage one, okay, I've got seven stages to live in the dream. Stage one's get clear. We talked about that this entire conversation. Stage mm-hmm. two is get qualified. Mm-hmm. So what do I need to learn and do? These are, these are simple questions. What do I need to learn and do to get qualified, to get my ticket to the dance? Mm-hmm. And so that comes mm-hmm. down to, is it a degree? Maybe, maybe not. It could be a certification, could yep. be an online webinar. Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be some good old fashioned experience yep. <laughs> at the hand of somebody who's, who's, a, who's a master craftsman. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do I need to learn and do? Then the second question is, how much is that going to cost me? It's really important. So, th- so we go do our research and we figure out, okay, this course may cost me this much money. Okay, so that leads to the third question: How long, based on my budget, how long is it going to take for me to get there? Mm. So, what do I need to learn and do? Education experience. How much is that going to cost me? How long is that going to take? Those three simple questions. When you get the answers to those questions, and those are not difficult to answer, a little bit of gumption and research. And some coffee cups and some lunches will get you all the answers you need. And here's what happened. Now you've got yourself a plan. But here's what we know, Jordan, about the human brain. The fear of the unknown is one of the greatest fears we have. It's like walking in a cave and you. any time we're in a cave and we can't see two feet, excuse me, two inches in front of us, it makes us really scared. Think about when you're driving in heavy fog or heavy rain and you can't see. You get terrified. You slow the car down. You pull it over. The unknown will paralyze us. So those three questions in the get qualified stage two is those are designed for you to go, oh, I've got my answers. Now I can actually put a plan together. Mm -hmm. Now, as I'm pursuing that, getting qualified, I'm also now in stage three, which is getting connected. That's why I wrote the proximity principle. And and it's just a simple guide to getting around people that are doing what you want to do. So if you want to get into nursing, go hang out with nurses. Mm -hmm. There are so many different types of nurses roles. How would you know to choose the right role? Oh, the right role. Oh, it's, it's paralyzing, Jordan. No, it isn't. Go talk and hang out with a labor and delivery nurse. Go hang out with a nurse who's in surgery. Go hang out with a nurse who checks people in before surgery. Go hang out with a nurse who's in a clinic. Go hang out with a nurse who's working for a pediatrician. Here's the deal. When I begin to get connected to people that are doing what I want to do and I get in places where those people are, I begin to learn everything I need to learn that clarifies the journey 
and it verifies that my heart is in fact fully alive when I'm thinking about this. And so what I'm telling them is, is that that's what you have to do in the short term, get qualified and get connected. Now, the long term, I still know where I want to get to. I know that it may take me six, seven, eight years, maybe it takes me three, mm-hmm. but I, I won't get to the long term if I'm not doing what I need to do in the short term, which leads me to this. You may have to stay in that day job, mm-hmm. but you won't feel stuck anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. A person feels stuck, Jordan, when they go, I can't get out. Mm-hmm. You know, my son did a mud run uh, with his church youth group last summer, and and he got stuck in the mud and mm-hmm. literally could not get out. And what did he say to me? I was on the sideline watching and laughing at him, and he finally looks at me at 13, and he's like, Dad, I'm stuck. What, is it, what does Ty mean? Mm-hmm. He cannot get himself out of the mud. Mm-hmm. So by definition – you aren't stuck when you've got a plan to move forward and you're moving forward like I just described. Mm-hmm. So are you in the day job? Absolutely. But just a reminder of the audience, for seven years I ran a company. My wife and I ran a little small business where I sold sponsorships to live events, mm-hmm. the very live events that I wanted to be on the stage. Mm-hmm. It was not a dream job, Jordan, not even close. But guess mm-hmm. what? took care of Stacy and I and our kiddos mm-hmm. and it kept me in the game long enough to get the break. Yeah. So you're no longer stuck. So you may have to stay in that day job while you're getting qualified, yep. while you're getting connected, yep. but that's okay. Because again, your mindset changes from I'm stuck. I can't move. I can't. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Your mindset is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm in the process of getting where I want to be, and I see the future, and I see progress. Mm-hmm. And so your your mindset goes from being desperate, feeling stuck, to you're diligent, and you're grateful that you're making progress, that you have a day job, which is funding the dream job. Yep. That, I love that. The day job funds the dream job. That's good. Can we put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> because yeah, I, mean, I love the practicality. And this is something I talk to my community about a lot. And so I'm so glad you brought this up because I think so often there's this, there, you know, there, it, there does come a time where you do have to take the leap, right? There comes a time where you have to say, all right, it's time for that step of faith. But I think we forget that the most I always say that big steps in our life are really a series of small incremental movements that add up to that big step. If you think about the process, like think of all the things the muscles in your legs have to do for you to just take one step forward, right? There's like so many little micro movements that some doctor somewhere could probably explain to me. But when you think about it in that way, like you said, creating that plan and developing that runway is actually kind of the process of moving forward even before you plant your foot in the next place that might feel like it's a little bit more aligned with what you want to be doing and allowing yourself that practical, hey, I'm going to use this to fund what it is that I know I want to be doing but can't really afford or I'm not getting paid to do right now, you know, whether that's writing books or speaking on stages or you know, met becoming a doctor, like whatever those things are that take time and energy and investment financially and um, from a time and, and um, what's that talent standpoint, um, you know, it can be, I, I just see, I just think there's not enough messaging around the practical approach to doing this. And so often we're told like, you hate your job, jump out. And it's like, well, let's actually look at the most effective way to do this so we can set ourselves up for success for where we want to go. And that starts with getting clear. And then like you said, getting qualified and then getting connected. I love that. Um, you mentioned your book, the, Prox- the Proximity Principle. Can you briefly explain a little bit more about that and why why you wrote a book all yeah. about this getting connected, getting in front of the right people? Yeah. Two and a half years ago, I was on my way into the office and I stopped at a stoplight and I was reviewing a, a pre-submitted interview. I was doing a podcast for a younger guy and he, the last question in his pre-submitted question said something effective. If you could boil down your success in broadcasting to one thing, what would it be? And at first I was like, uh, there's no way to do that. It's impossible. Mm. And then I was like, okay, you know, come on, dude, give him something here. Give him, you know, and so I started thinking and the, the light turned green. I was driving away and I started thinking about my journey. It was a seven-year journey to Dave and then another two and a half, almost three years of paying my dues here at Ramsey Solutions before I got the national show, the dream gig. Mm. And I started thinking about it and Jordan, it just hit me. It was just, you know what? I, I, I'm i not the most talented guy on the radio, never will be, uh, or television or anything else, but I was really good about getting around the right people and I was really good about getting in the right places. That's what I said to myself. And I went, okay, that's good. People plus places, the right people is the right places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you create content all the time. Sometimes something just takes off. Mm-hmm. And it could be really cheesy or it could be decent. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. you know and you get this thought, right? And so I'm driving in the office and I was like, you know what? It was all about proximity. 
it was just about proximity. I was intentional. And, and then I was like, oh, it's the proximity principle. And I got my phone out and I hit the record button and I said, the proximity principle says in order to do what I want to do, I've got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it is happening. And I just hit pre- pre- pause. And I took it to the team. I said, this is either really cheesy or it's got some legs. Mm. And they liked it. And I started sharing it on the radio, Jordan, when, I, when it was relevant. When a caller would say, hey, I know what I want to do. I don't know how to get there. And what the proximity principle does is it demystifies the climb, right? Mm. It's essentially what I described earlier. You know, it's that process of, wait a second, I don't have to jump off of a cliff here. Mm. Like, that's a false narrative. It's a false choice. Uh, I can't jump off a cliff. Good news, you don't have to. So what you can do, though, is is you can put the time in and you can make the connections. And what you find is is that when you're around the right people doing what you want to do, pick the craft, pick the industry, uh, pick the role, uh, you'll you'll find that you get to learn from them, and then they're going to give you opportunities to do some things. They're going to connect you to more of the right women and right men, and they're going to point you to the right places, and it becomes this cyclical journey. And so it's not just for somebody starting out. The proximity principle really is the principle for advancement. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I need to always be learning, I need to always be doing something with what I learn. I need to always be connecting. And so the intentionality of seeking out the right people and then getting around them mm-hmm. and having a heart of humility. I, I admire you. I look up to you. I want to be where you are one day. I'd love to learn from you, mm-hmm. and I'd love to learn from other people you think I need to learn from. You, you will find folks that are very successful, don't chafe at that. They welcome it, and they mm-hmm. say, come on, the water's really nice over here. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not intimidated by you. They're more successful than you. Yeah. But they want to share what they've learned because I can tell you this, they didn't get there by themselves. So the proximity principle, as you know, I came up with five archetypes of people, five archetype places that were instrumental in my journey that are transferable to anybody in any industry. And then we close out with some practices. What do you do when you're around the right people and when you're in the right places so that you have that opportunity to mm-hmm. learn to connect? So that's what it is. It's kind of a fun thing, alliteration. I'm a pastor's kid, so I couldn't help it, you know. And uh, But it's not a new concept. Uh, we've all heard the adage, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little deeper than that. It is who you know, but it's also where you put yourself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. It's who you know, but also where you put yourself, because that's true. I think sometimes it can feel like, well, I don't know anybody, you know, and it's like, well, what steps are you taking? Where are you putting yourself? There's that level of personal responsibility that comes with this process. So that's a very convicting and very needed message. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that one with us. Um, sure. I think I, I want to close out by talking a little bit about current events and what's actually going on in the world and how this affects the career decisions we're making, um, the business decisions we're making, all of that. Um, so with that said, I want to know what you would say with the current situation that's going on with the current economy. Is there any advice that you would give someone or give those that are feeling lost and fearful about their yeah. job or those wanting to pursue something they dream about, but with such an unknown future, kind of questioning if now's the time to even consider it, if it's just, you know, this far, far away dream yeah. that they should forget about. Like, any advice on that? I think this is a really relevant conversation. Yeah, we're having this conversation every day on the air. Here, here's the thing. If you have been laid off or you've been furloughed or you feel like there's a good chance you're going to get laid off or furloughed or you started a side hustle or you were in the process of starting something and the COVID global suppression has changed your circumstances and thus your timeline, here's what you have to start with. Number one, your dream, your calling is not gone. It's not gone. Mm -hmm. It hasn't evaporated. Mm -hmm. It's still there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we need to start there. Now, once we realize that, we can take a deep breath and go, okay, I know that I can get back on the path to the long-term vision, the dream. Mm -hmm. I know I can still get there. But because of this change in circumstances, I'm going to have to make some short-term pivots Mm -hmm. and adjustments. So you do what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do. That's true in times of crisis, and it's true in times of calm. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? All right, I'm looking at, okay, if, I, if I'm going to get laid off or I've been laid off, I'm going to focus on the most important things and the things that I can control. So at Ramsey Solutions, financially, what we talk about, because that's really the heart of the question here. What do I do, Ken? i, I got to mm-hmm. pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at the four walls, mm-hmm. the, the essentials. Number one, that is your food. you got to eat. 
And number two, that is your lodging, so we would call that your rent or your mortgage. Number three, the utilities, so that you're comfortable in that lodging. And then number four, your uh, your transportation. And so everything else can be put on hold. Mm. And by the way, you're not the only person going through this. Mm. You're not some loser. You're not a deadbeat. Mm. None of those lies from the pit of hell are true. Mm. What it is is that you are part of the biggest oppression of the global economy and the history of mankind. Mm. You're not alone in this. So mm-hmm. there's no shame in your game right now. It's I got to step up and swallow my pride. I had yep. coffee with a young guy, about 32 years of age, baby, uh, wife and baby, and he'd been listening to my show, lives in my neighborhood. So we connected for coffee uh, Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And he said, can I listen to the show? And I swallowed my pride and I'm working at Lowe's and I'm also driving Uber and I'm also delivering pizza. I got three jobs right now. Mm-hmm. I've never worked harder. He said, but the good news is, is, is uh, it's not hurting me financially. I'm doing okay right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the message. Swallow your pride and do what you have to do in the short term until you can get back on the path that leads you to your long term. Mm. That's what I would tell you. And I think it's going to make you stronger uh, if you're on unemployment right now and that's taking care of your needs. Don't waste this time. Use the downtime to get ready for go time. If you're one of the 70% of Americans in at the end of February, Jordan, that were unhappy in their work, mm. well, maybe this is the kick out of the nest that you've been yeah. kind of afraid to take. Yeah. And so go back to those questions we asked earlier. What is it going to take to get qualified? What do you need to learn and do? Can you start the learning process online right now? You know, uh, is now the time to not go back to the job you're miserable in, but work two or three side jobs and get that 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 qualification process done mm-hmm. and take the steps to the future that you really want. You know, I, I just think that this disruption, uh, while it is painful for those people that you're talking about in the question, mm-hmm. they've been pushed out of the nest, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to stay that way. I think they could look back on this, and if they handle it with the right mindset, mm-hmm. and then they get after it. You know, they're like the uh, buffalo versus the cow. I got to tell you this. Okay. Have you heard this? No, I'm like buffalo I, cow. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. I know. Everybody's going, where is he going with this? Listen to this. Here's the deal. Here's how cows handle storms. And we're in a storm right now. Hmm. Cows, so they see a storm coming across the meadow, Jordan. What they do is they try to run away from it. Hmm. But the storm is moving faster than they can run. And so what does it do? It overtakes them. And so because they're running away from the storm, the storm overtakes them. They spend more time in the storm than they would have needed to. The buffalo, their smarter, braver cousin, they're on the plains, and they see a storm. They stick their head down and run through it because the storm's Mm -hmm. coming at them at a certain speed, and they're running at a speed. And as a result, they spend less time in the storm, and they get out of the storm. That's my point. you got to have the attitude of a buffalo right now because the storm is unavoidable. Let's just come to grips with it. Let's get through it as quickly as we can. Mm, that's so good. It reminds me, first of all, I think now that you say that, I'm like, I think I have heard that somewhere, but that was yeah. so good. Yeah. I love it. It's so true. It's we want to avoid the hard things. We run away from them and then it ends up, we end up worse. <laughs> I always, um, yeah. I always use the Finding Nemo example. Do you remember the scene in Finding Nemo? I don't know if you, if you, I, I would assume you've seen oh, Finding Nemo. Are you are un-American? I've seen it if you seen Finding, okay. Yeah. I'm like, this man has children, but no, I, I always use the scene in Finding Nemo to kind of describe the same thing that I've learned in my own life. That scene where Marlon and Dory are swimming around the sea and they come up to the school of fish asking for directions. And the school of fish tells them, you know, how to get to P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. But one of their directions is when you come to the trench, go through it, not over it. And they're like, okay, got it. Go through it, not over it. Well, they get to the trench and they see how dark and scary and freaky it looks in there. And they're like, yeah, no thanks. And they swim up instead and they start swimming over it only to get stung by jellyfish. And I think what a powerful visual. Like, I don't think that scene was just there for entertainment. I think there was actually a deeper lesson in there that sometimes in life we have to go through the dark, scary trench. We have to face the unknown. We have to kind of like you said, swallow our pride. We have to see something flop. We have to try something and fail at it. We have to like put ourselves out there. For me, I always use the example of speaking. When I first started speaking, that sounded terrifying to me, even though I thought, this would be neat to do actually doing it felt kind of like swimming through a dark scary trench I was terrified to avoid or to embarrass myself and then I did embarrass myself royally screwed up and I realized that I had swum through the dark scary trench and came out the other side of that embarrassment that I was so afraid of swimming through or going through and I was no longer afraid of speaking I was like well worst case scenario I'm gonna live you know (laughs) like it's gonna be fine um And I think we need to keep that in mind, not that we need to be completely lighthearted about something that's really hard, but I think understanding that life is always going to present us with storms. Life is always going to present us with 
a different form of a dark, scary trench, whether that's a personal tragedy, whether that's a global tragedy, whether that's an economic crisis or something in the middle. And if we can be prepared for those with what's my response, am I just going to, you know, try to go over it and swim over it and avoid it or run away from it? Or am I going to just go through it and, you know, tuck my head and go like, I think if we can choose to just face it, like you said, with the Buffalo, we're going to get through it so much quicker and so much more effectively. Yes, so true. I love that analogy. I'll, I'll never look at that scene the same again. That's so fun. <laughs> I always use the Fighting Nemo example. It's a fun one. But I love the buffalo and the cow, too. All the visuals today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Ken, this is so good. I wish we could talk for four more hours. But I just want to thank you for taking the time to speak into our community and share really helpful perspectives and really practical steps really with us. How can everyone find the Proximity Principle and tune into your show? Yeah, they can get the book. Uh, in fact, all three formats are cheaper than even Amazon, and you get how big of a deal that is. We've got a crazy special right now because we know that the need is great. KenColeman.com is the way to get it, all three formats, audio, ebook, and uh, the hard copy. And uh, they can connect with us on social media there as well, at Ken Coleman. Uh, it's pretty much the uh, way to go on all those accounts. But I just want to say uh, I'm really grateful to spend time with you. It's not lost on me that you've not had many guys, and so I'm humbled and honored. But I also wanted to say for your audience, I've been watching your journey and what God is doing uh, in you and through you has been really, really inspiring. And I know that uh, I, your transparency and vulnerability uh, it is such a gift to your audience, and 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 I'm just really excited to see what God's going to continue to do with you and and uh, you and, and the hubs and you you've got yeah. such a great couple, and I'm just excited about what's happening with you. Well, thank you so much. That's such an honor to hear. We both have so much respect and admiration for you. I'm like when you were talking about the proximity principles, like, well, I'm going to be sending you a text message later. Like, so can I learn from you? <laughs> we truly are yes. so inspired by the work that you do, and just feel so aligned with that with our mission. So we're looking forward to staying connected and again just so thankful to have you on appreciate you jordan thank you i'd love to hear from you it makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show so if you're on instagram let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story tag me at jordan lee dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that i can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.